0: All right, everybody, welcome back to the Change Creator Podcast. Happy to have you here. Um, So, if you missed the last episode, it was uh, actually really, it was. Okay, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is your host Adam Forrest. Excited to have you here today. we got lots of good stuff coming down the pipeline. If you did miss the last episode, Amy and I talked about why you should stop having a marketing mindset. Stop thinking like a marketer. Why would we say that? Listen to the episode, you're going to hear why and it's going to benefit you and your business. Uh, the next person we're going to be talking to today is Jonathan Tobin. He's actually a attorney, a lawyer who helps creative businesses on different legal matters around intellectual property, technology, the arts, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, He's going to give advice around what you need to understand for your business, right, from the legal standpoint, and then also show you how these things can make your business actually run more effectively. So stay tuned. We're going to dive into that in just a minute. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com forward slash go big. Get those assets that will help you advance your business forward. And of course, visit us on Facebook. If you're not already following us, follow us there. We send all we send out all kinds of inspirational stuff and updates That that uh, is kind of like our main uh, social media platform. Um, and from there, you can also find our Facebook group, The Profitable Digital Impact Entrepreneur, where we have all kinds of fun conversations and a good community of people that will help you guys grow. Um, all right, guys, I think that covers it. Let's dive into this conversation with Jonathan and see what he has to say. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. And we are recording. Everything seems good on the levels. All right, let me kick us off. 3, 2 and 1. Hey John, welcome to the Change Crater podcast show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great to be on here.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Um As I mentioned to you earlier before we started this uh, conversation here, um, I'm excited to shake it up, kind of dig into some of the legal stuff. It's kind of, it becomes this afterthought a lot of times with uh, entrepreneurs in the first few years of their business. So I wanted to dive into some of the things they need to be aware of and be looking at, um, you know, when they should be thinking about them and the risks and things like that. So if you could just give a little bit of background for people, um, what, what you're all about, what's going on in your world today, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so what we do, um, I have a law firm called Council for Creators and what's um, our sort of mission here is to make the law user friendly for our small businesses. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we've noticed is a lot of small businesses, um, sort of like you've said, would treat legal as an afterthought, um, which might be fine in some cases, but in a lot of cases we were seeing it was causing problems down the line. So things that could have been um, dealt with really early on in the business. Um, these legal problems have a tendency to grow as the business grows. So what we want to help people do is understand that law is accessible, that it's there to support businesses. And so it's, you know, it's not something that you want to necessarily wait until you have a problem that might be too late. You know, you want to set things up correctly, whether that's choosing the right kind of business, having good partner agreements, thinking about trademarks, all that stuff. So our goal is just to make that easily accessible. And we do that through, we have like a subscription legal program. That a lot of people join to just get our advice, get our sort of insight into the legal issues that might face their business. You
0: know, it's interesting. Years ago, I did some consulting for some folks who were trying to disrupt the legal space and and do a lot of this like AI-based like legal services to really kind of like shake things up and. I yeah. love the subscription model format and having access um, where it becomes more affordable for people, right? Versus that traditional, that's the, idea. that's the idea. I love that. And I think one of the biggest setbacks for people in the entrepreneurship space, I mean, everybody's always strapped for cash when they're starting a business because they're putting all their money in the business and you know, you gotta take care of the family. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. well, who has another grand or two laying around to get a trademark or, you know, so you end up putting these things off and um, you know, like we, just as an example, we spoke to to traditional lawyers to get um, get some stuff put together for uh, our investor pitches, and you know, just getting all these things put together, caps tables, the whole setup, and all these things, you know, it's like five grand. I was like, and that's like just to get started. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's wild, man. <laughs> um, and that
1: was one of the barriers we noticed.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and that's why I love what you're doing. So, so let's dig into your what you have going on a little bit. So. Um, I'm, I'm actually on your website cause I'm kind of, i this is the kind of thing I get really interested in I'm, I love to see this evolution in the legal space. Um, so as you, people get set up with you guys now, they get access to just give a little, give me just a little bit of insight on how it flows. Like what's the user experience once you get to become a member?
1: Yeah. So when someone joins, um, they'll get access. We have a member network, um, that we're building out with a lot of different content. You can um, deal with other members, but the key thing is, I mean, sort of the, the core of the whole thing is you can schedule an appointment with myself or anyone on our team. So any, any attorney, um, it can be me, it can be my partner our associate or anybody else. Um, and you can also submit documents for review and we did that. So again, it's really easy to talk with us. And so it's not like you have to spend thousands of dollars to get any legal advice you know we designed it to be 95 dollars, so you can get right in there and find out you know okay what do i need to know for this business what do i need to think about a lot of people have that anxiety and we wanted to make it easy to get in there so yeah they get in there and um, they can get our advice and one of the things we often do because as you mentioned it can be expensive to um do things like register a trademark or get a good contract drafted or do something with an investor. Um, we can help people make a plan, right? So one of the things we might say is, okay, you might not need to register your trademark now, but we'd say, you know, plan on doing that in the next six months. So people can, you know, plan ahead, they can budget, they can think ahead for things. And, you know, also know that, okay, I don't have to worry about it right now. I can do it later. And yeah. some things are like that.
0: Yeah. Well, and I'm, so I'm curious because, Hmm. It's an interesting as these models like this are are popping up and I I love this, like I mentioned, and I'm thinking about an experience I had, you know, early on with trademarking and I found somebody who was, you know, on Upwork or whatever, and they had experience doing trademark stuff. And of course I was looking for the lowest cost possible. So, (laughs) um, you know, I ended up going through all this stuff and having to resubmit several times and then it cost more money and it was just a mess. Right. And we found out like the magazine we have, we wanted to basically trademark the name change creator plus the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we, they would only take the magazine based on like the use of the magazine. It wasn't just the name change creator. So like, and then we had to get a yeah. text based one and all this other stuff and the costs add up. So if someone's going to get a trademark or they looking for a trademark, is it something they should be doing right away or should they wait? Like when's the right time to think about something like that?
1: Yeah. So for trademarks in particular, those are one of the things that um, we've noticed are a pretty good investment as early as possible. Now, of course, money is always an issue. And so, you know, we tell people, hey, if it's not available, it's not available. But um, the reason why is because one of the first things you do when you register a trademark that we always do with our clients is you do a trademark search. And so that um, it's a pretty comprehensive search where we look for names that are similar, so any any kind of name that could conflict with the brand that you want, um, that's something you want to find out early, before you've invested in your brand, before you've invested in that name and gotten it out to people, um, because you don't want a situation where later on you find out somebody else has a similar name and they send you a cease and desist, or you can't get your trademark registered. Um, so, you know, kind of doing that search is a good start. But then also registration. It makes sure that nobody else can. Um, it sort of clears space, so nobody else can adopt a name that's too similar to yours and cause confusion. So um, it's one of those things to do early. Like I would even say, even before your brand is fully established, I would say look at a trademark early on because you want to know about any problems. Like the problems, if you deal with them upfront, they're you know it, it takes a little investment to do, but it takes a lot to change. It takes a lot to deal with a trademark conflict.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is, and I've heard the the horror stories. Um, so it can get bad. <laughs> it can get bad. Yeah, I've I've heard of smaller brands getting you know those letters from big brands, and there's really no way around. You can't fight them, so <laughs> you're <Yeah>. you're out.
1: <laughs> yeah, it happens. It, sometimes it's just a money issue. You know, the big Absolutely. brand has a lot of money to throw at it, and you may not. And, um, you know, even if you have a good legal position, are you willing to spend ten thousand dollars to to prove it out? Yeah, exactly,
0: and and so if, if somebody was like, all right, great, I want to get a uh, my trademark uh, completed. Um, let's say you have a business, your e-commerce, and you want your name and logo. So, I mean, they can go to you guys, and you have this membership, and you can get involved. Now, is the ninety-five dollars? I have to assume there is additional costs to actually get the trademark in addition to the ninety-five. Just so we're clear, is that is that true? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how we do it. So anything where it's sort of um, you know, getting a trademark or setting up a new business, or drafting a contract, we typically do a flat fee for that. And so we try to make those affordable, and you know, obviously people can contact us about it, but um, yeah, we try to make them affordable flat fees just so people know upfront, okay, here's what it's gonna cost. So we don't do what a lot of law firms do, which is um, bill hourly, and you don't know, is it gonna be 600 bucks, 6,000 bucks, somewhere in the middle? Um, our sort of goal is we want this to be predictable. We want people to be able to budget for this like they budget for anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, So, and, and, and as you start growing as a business, I mean, here you have this for 95 bucks a month, you can have access to ask questions that includes things like contract reviews and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's really, you know what, we sort of use that as, um, sort of preventative medicine, right? So, um, one of the stories I always tell is I would have clients who, um, might have a legal problem, right? And they don't come to us. And this was in the old days, before we had the subscription. They wouldn't come to us because they didn't like to be billed hourly or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so they would have this legal problem that would then build and build. And by the time they came to us six months later, the problem was way bigger and way more expensive. <laughs> so what we wanted to do is make it be like, you know, okay, let's make it easy for you to contact us when that problem starts to develop, because there might be something we can come up with in 10 minutes that solves it or at yeah. least, yeah. you know, helps you out of it. Same thing with contracts. Um, you know, the time to negotiate a contract or for us to fix something in a contract is before you sign it. So we tell people, hey, send it to us. Have us look it over. We'll point out any issues and, you know, just so you can go in informed when you sign a contract.
0: Yeah. yeah and it's nice, too, if you can get um – you know, for your business or types of services you provide, like to get contracts that are templates that you can use moving forward with clients and things like that too. Right.
1: That's right. Yeah. And so we offer that. And then, you know, also helping people understand um, how do you develop a good contract? So, you know, one of the things we often talk about with our clients and people on our network is um, what kind of conversations do you want to have even before a contract is written? What kind of understandings do you want to come to? You know, when we're talking about things like ownership, or royalties, or anything else that might come out of it, we wanna make sure that everybody's on the same page before we actually put it into writing. So that's something else that we sort of coach people through.
0: Mm, yeah, I like that, and I've been through scenarios where you know, when early days people get eager to partner up with others, right? And, oh, yeah. we're gonna partner, we're gonna work on this project, and then you know, before money's being made, a loosey goosey contract is okay, but when real Jeez. money starts coming in, and everyone starts to go, oh, wait, wait a minute, and then if you don't have a button, we're all gonna start referencing that contract, and it's like, well, wait a minute, we didn't say this, we didn't say that, and 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 you have conflict, yeah. right?
1: yeah, you have conflict, and that's when it becomes expensive. Those are the kind of things where um you know I've noticed as a lawyer, it's it's the conflicts that are expensive. So when you hear about lawyers charging a ton of money, yes, there can be a lot of money on things like setup, especially as it gets complex. Um, but it's an order of magnitude more to have a conflict. You know, it's you know ten or a hundred times more in terms of cost and energy and distraction yeah. to have a fight with someone legally than it is to, set things out early on. And sometimes, you you know, sometimes it does feel like overkill at the beginning. Why do we need to discuss all this stuff? And the reason is, is if your business is going to be successful, there might be tension later. And let's not have that tension turn into a fight. That's,
0: that's, that's what I've learned um, over the years is it seems like unnecessary up front to be so formal and get it all buttoned up and invest in it any kind of money into it. But when you are, if you are taking yourself seriously and you are gonna make money, um, yeah. this type money changes dynamics among teams. So if you don't have everybody on the same page and it's not clear, um, it can really, it can tear the team apart and destroy the business in the at the end of the day too. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah, seen that
1: happen. <laughs> same yeah same exactly like i've seen it where um you know we've seen people where their business is successful um, customers like what they're selling they have a good mission they're clear everything's good but then there's a fight between the partners yep and the business goes away
0: exactly exactly so let's talk a little bit about like um co-founders co-founding teams uh i'm curious you know it's like everyone is like well one thing that we've done is we we historically like in the beginning we put off getting like a contract a formal contract we get an agreement verbally but then we don't have a co-founder contract for example um is this something that you know we should should be people should be addressing right away is it something that um can as long as you have verbal agreement can be done later um you know stuff like that I'm, i'm always curious about that that setup as well
1: Yeah, what I tell people is um, something like that. And I think with any contract, this might be true. Um, The answer is that it's scalable, right? So um, verbal contract is minimal, right? So that's the most minimal thing you can do. Hey, we're going to split this 50-50. So anything that comes in, we split 50-50. Then, you know, you scale it up a level. And again, this is going to depend on resources and time and inclination. Um, You know, the next level is, okay, we have a sort of informal written agreement, even a piece of paper that we hand wrote. That says 50-50, you know, and this person is responsible for costs or has to put in more money later. Um, then the next level is a more formal written contract, um, and there, and you know so the and you can make those contracts as complex as you feel that you need to. So if you're like, hey, a two-page agreement works for us, it captures everything because what we're doing together is clear. Fine, um, but you know if it's a more complex thing and there's different level of investors, we always want to scale that contract up. So the point is is. Um something in writing, I think, you know, the main point I'm trying to make here is something in writing is better than nothing. Because yeah. um one of the reasons we do writing is it's A for accountability and it's B to remember. So one of the things is the human mind doesn't always remember what was said verbally a year ago or six months ago. And if it does yeah. remember, was that just a suggestion or was that <laughs> an actual commitment? Yeah. You know, and we've well, seen that where geez. someone's like, I'll make you a founder, you yeah. know, and Okay. People
0: will spin that around. No, no, no. That's not what I said.
1: <laughs> exactly. So we write it down. Yeah. So, you know, even with the best intention and best memory and all that, um, the human mind just doesn't keep information like that around perfectly forever.
0: Right. Right. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And there's two areas of, like, you know, dividing up um you know, and and maybe you can share some feedback here, give people a little bit of insight. Um, One is around the co-founder setup, and the other would be around preparations for investors. So the first one around co-founders or co-founding team. um, I mean, how should people be thinking about, you know, the splits? Like, is it, you know, for example, if someone starts a company, they're in it for a year, then they bring on a co-founder and then another one. and so there's a t- there's a, a stagger in time invested, money invested, and things like that. So how do any insight on how teams should be thinking about that stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, generally, I think the sort of economic way to go about it is the more risk that somebody takes the more sort of risk they take especially at the beginning the more reward so that's why you'll see you know angel investors might get more than you know some later round when we're talking about like a startup right because that first person is taking a lot of risk so maybe they are going to be able to get more value out of the resulting thing so um yeah it's it's and it's, it's also the contribution right and so anytime you have a company you're going to have shares and you're going to have equity and that equity is divided by well What is this person putting in? You know, what is this organization putting in? Are they putting in money? Are they putting in time, experience? What are they contributing? And then, you know, what's the value to the organization? How is that going to carry forward and create value in the future? And then so how does that person benefit?
0: Right. So you got basically what experience and maybe your network, like connections that you're bringing that bring value. It could be your time and expertise, the work you're actually doing as value or just a financial investment. So if someone Mm -hmm. started something and you put in 10 grand the first year, if you came in, you want to do a 50 50 split as a co-founder, you can either bring some kind of value that's a substitute for that 10 grand or just put in 10 grand and match it. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's it's really, you know, you could sometimes you can reduce it down to numbers of, okay, this, you know, this service, um, you know, would have normally costed you $10,000. So, you know, in exchange, I would like $10,000 worth of shares, please, you know, and, and it might be more, and there might also be a risk premium, because there's a chance you don't get paid, you know, and so you might say, well, you know, normally I charge 10,000, but I want the premium. So, um, you know, I want $20,000 worth of value. Right, right. That makes sense.
0: Okay. And so the other big, big area for people, especially who are listening here today is, you know, when we're approaching an investor, um, I mean, there's a lot to to consider in, in those circumstances. And, you know, we always, when we did it in our earlier days, you know, we had a lot of conversations with different lawyers and investors and stuff like that. And um, when is it appropriate? Like, I guess, you know, you go through and you got to get it set up with like, you know, different cap tables and all these different things. Um, But you don't necessarily always need that right away. So I want to give people who are listening a little sense of, you know, if you're just starting to kind of pitch people and get out there, what do they need to be prepared with? And when should they be taking steps to invest in getting um, legal set up with everything?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the initial preparation is just sort of understanding um, what your business is worth initially. And it's not always going to be, um, immediately clear. I mean, it's very hard to value a brand new business. Um, but I think as you start getting numbers, as you still, as you start building a history of what the business is doing, then you can actually have a good sense of, you can have a good sense. Do you still hear me?
0: I, I do. Yeah, you're good.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, you get it, you start to get a good sense of, of what the business is actually worth. And so at some point there might be something, uh, maybe you guys have heard the term like a valuation event where, um, somebody's going to put in money. Let's say they're going to invest $1 million into the business. They want to know, well, what's the business worth, right? And at that point, maybe then you start doing cap tables and you start looking at, okay, um, you know, for someone to give $1 million, what do they get in exchange? What percent, what equity do yeah. they get in this company? Right, right.
0: Yeah, um, that was an area that um, we actually never ended up investing in ourselves. And I, I do hear a lot of people having conversations around, you know, well, what do I need? And how do I <laughs> get set up? And, and if you don't know and you're not clear on it, you could take a lot of wrong steps, which is why I'm, I was asking that question. Um, yeah. And we hear it a lot from people in our in our audience just who are – everyone gets excited about pitching, but they don't really know what they need to get set up and do that
1: yeah yeah, and there's pitching. And then I think you know there's the second step of actually um having a deal, you know, and understanding yes. you know what what it is that you're that you're giving, right? You know so um, you know, if somebody's investing, they want something. They want something in return, you know, so if they're making a financial investment, so they might want um, you know simply a financial return or they might want control. So they might say, hey, you know, as consideration for our investment, we also would like a board seat. You know, or some sort of other preference so that they have control over how things go. And so you're you might end up partnering with with someone. So you know not every investor is the same. You know you want to find someone who can really contribute to the mission and not just financially necessarily.
0: Yeah, that makes sense for sure. yeah. we always we always had the thought process of not just getting an investor but a strategic advisor, somebody that can really support um, you know the the approach and thinking of the company as well with their connections and stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm looking to like, you know, I'm looking at your site here, like, so as people are thinking about their business setup, um, you have just under your services, business setup, legal subscription, trademarking, stuff like that. Um, Tell us a little bit, I think the business setup would be relevant for a lot of people like business setup and trademarking. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about the business setup?
1: Yeah, that's another one along with trademark um, that we feel is really important at the beginning. So um, business setup that can be as simple as somebody setting up an LLC to house their company. Right. right? And so, um, you know, the, the main thing is you're creating a legal separation between yourself and uh, the business. So if something, you know, and we don't want this to happen, but if something goes wrong in the business, you have legal protection, your personal assets aren't at risk or even your other businesses. And you know, of course nowadays a lot of people might have two or three businesses. And so if something goes wrong in one, um, we don't want that to affect the other. So business setup is part of that, you know, setting up an LLC or a corporation. Um, it becomes even more important, kind of going back a little bit in this conversation when you're partnering up. So doing an LLC or a corporation by yourself is easy. You make all the decisions. Everything is on you. It's your responsibility. It's your reward. Um, But once you start getting two people or three people, we want to make sure that everybody has a good understanding, right? So what's the ownership share? What does everybody contribute? What's expected? What happens if someone leaves? How do we bring someone new in? So we're going through and answering all of those questions at the beginning rather than trying to figure them out later. And as you said, especially when money is involved, um, people's positions tend to become more static. There's less flexibility.
0: Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think talking through all that upfront is, um, valuable. And I know when you start looking at investment too, um, there's benefits to moving away from being an LLC to like a a corporation of some kind. Is that true?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. What, um, you know what I tell a lot of my clients is that investors, they typically, um, and it's not always a Delaware C corporation. Sometimes you hear people say, "Well, only do a Delaware C corporation. That's not necessarily true, but what um, investors typically want is they're going to want shares in a company. So these are just similar to shares that you might buy on the stock market. They're going to want to purchase a number of shares from a corporation and LLC doesn't have that. What's cool about LLC is, is they're simple to set up. So if you're, um, plan is not to take investment, you're like, hey, I'm going to self-fund this, an LLC might be the answer. But if your plan is, um, I would like to take on investment at some point, maybe a corporation is. And, you know, another thing that we also point out is these things aren't necessarily set in stone. So you can convert things later. So it's not like once an LLC, always an LLC. You can change things. You can restructure things. It's It's all flexible.
0: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So John, what, what any other, I guess, top of mind, like risks or things people should be thinking about in the early stages that we haven't covered already?
1: Yeah. And we talked about branding and trademarks. We talked about contracts. We talked about business setup. Um, Another thing I would tell people and especially people listening and a lot of the people we work with um, is starting to know a little bit about things like copyright and other intellectual properties. Mm, So a lot of businesses now innovate, they create things, whether it's eBooks, videos, Um, marketing material, um, anything that is creating value in your business that you've created is protected. Potentially by copyright and what that does is it allows you to stop other people from copying it and so you know copycats do exist and so I think Understanding what those creative assets are that you have is going to put you in a good position to know okay Here's how I protect them. Maybe copyright registration or DMCA takedowns or whatever it is just understanding how to Work with those creative assets that your business is producing.
0: Yeah makes sense um that is a big one. I remember years ago starting like a, a media company. I had to do so much research on that. So getting the quick guidance <laughs> on that would save a lot yeah. of time and a lot of uh, stress.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's 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 hard. It's hard to, you know, if you go on the internet and you look for answers to legal questions, sometimes you can find good answers. But, you know, I've had people where they, you know, again, this was even before we had the subscription, they'd say, I spent all weekend looking for an answer to this question. And I'll say, you know, we could have I could have answered that in five minutes. You know, <laughs> exactly. you could have been doing something else.
0: Exactly. Um, something that comes to mind. We'll wrap up here. Is um, when is it appropriate to use the TM symbol?
1: Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. So TM, you can use TM anytime, um, you sort of have a brand, anything you want to assert trademark rights in. So that's something, honestly, it's, you're free to use it, right? So anybody can use it if you're asserting, um, trademark rights, you're sort of building a brand. Now, the one distinction that we'd always make is when you see that R with the circle around it, that's for only for registered trademarks. So only when you actually have A registration for your brand which sort of enhances your brand rights and so that's a special thing and you can't really use the R legally at least um, unless you have a trademark registration
0: so what does the TM do for
1: you so all it really does is it puts people on notice that you are asserting rights in that so you know if you say um, something like I've developed a brand system TM right? So you put the word TM, um, maybe you have some trademark rights. And so whatever trademark rights you do have, you're asserting them. Now, one of the things I tell people is having trademark rights without a registration is something, it's not nothing, but it's also not a lot, right? It's not very powerful. So I always tell people, try to move your way up from just being TM to being registered because that actually holds legal weight now. Right. Right.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Perfect. Good to know. I think these are like the low hanging fruit uh, questions that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time to share your insights. And I do uh, love the, the subscription model. So guys, you can check them out. Um, John, why don't you go ahead and give a shout out where you want people to, to fi- the best place to find you and learn more?
1: Yeah, so you can find us at councilforcreators.com or you can go to creatorslegalprogram.com to see our subscription. And um, yeah, those are the two best places and you can find our email address. You can uh, connect with us, schedule phone calls with us right from our site and you know learn anything you want to about what we offer.
0: Awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a good time.
0: Take care. You too, Thanks for tuning into the Change Creator Podcast. Visit us at changecreator.com forward slash go big to get access to free downloads and other great resources that will drive your business forward.